Zara, I am so excited to talk about today's sponsor. It's the new film, Challenges. It's from the director of Call Me By Your Name, Luca Guadagnino, and stars and is produced by none other than our girl Zendaya. Yeah, you know I love her. You love her too. I love her so much. Zendaya plays Tashi Duncan, a former tennis prodigy turned coach who is married to a Grand Slam champion, currently on a losing streak. And if that's not bad enough, Tashi's strategy to help her husband break his curse sort of takes a surprising and awkward turn. Hmm, awkward indeed. Because now he must face off against his former best friend and Tashi's ex-boyfriend, Patrick. Zara, the tensions are running high. I know. Tashi's someone who makes no apologies for her game on and off the court. It's her game, her rules, but with her past and present colliding, Tashi must face reality and ask herself, what will it cost to win? Challenges is the sexy drama that everyone's talking about and it's definitely not one you want to miss. It's about passion, friendship and what happens when your past comes back to challenge you. You can grab a ticket from Tuesday the 26th. So grab your friends and get excited. I will be grabbing you and we are definitely going to be going to watch it. Oh, please. Thank you so much to Challenges for making this episode of Shameless possible. Ben Affleck had it all. Good looks, great talent and a brilliant wife. Only almost 10 years into his marriage with Hollywood's sweetheart, Ben decided to seek comfort in the arms of, you guessed it, his children's natty. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, Zara McDonald. Hello. This is sort of our last part in the Nanny Diaries. It's part two of Ben Affleck and boy, is there a lot going on. I'm going to miss the nannies. I, I feel will. like we've got really gotten to know the nannies over the last month and now we need to say goodbye to the nannies and I'm a little sad about it. It's more I've gotten used to the formula of nanny affairs, <laughs> I think, because they all tend to follow a similar pattern. Yeah, and then next week we'll be speaking about an equally juicy scandal, but there won't be any nannies and my heart will feel sad. There won't. Let's have a quick recap of what we spoke about last week, just to remind the listeners. So we kind of introduced Ben Affleck, though he needed very little introduction. <laughs> and I think what was most interesting to me about that episode, or one of the more interesting factors, is the fact that Ben knew Matt Damon basically for his entire life. He has been best friends with Matt Damon since they grew up together on bikes riding around a neighbourhood. Yeah. And I was so into this story that I actually watched Goodwill Hunting last night. And the entire time I was just thinking about the story behind how that movie, that very famous movie came to be. We also, of course, spoke about how Ben Affleck was at one time engaged to marry J-Lo, but then some strip club headlines maybe got in the way of their romance. There was, of course, that very, very awful movie, Geely, that J-Lo and Ben Affleck did together. And then ultimately, they called off their wedding a day before it was supposed to happen. Yeah, all incredibly dramatic. From October 2004, we also spoke about the fact that Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner were on in a big way. In a little over a year, they had fallen in love, gotten engaged, gotten married and gotten pregnant. It was a big year. Yeah, it was a big 10 years, actually. 10 years into their relationship, they had three children together and had become one of Hollywood's most golden couples. Yet, scandal struck in 2004. 
2015 when they seemingly out of nowhere Zara told the world they were divorcing. The family was in the Bahamas when the news broke, ostensibly to maybe protect the kids from the blowback that might have come. They said that they definitely wanted to be together when the news was public and also out of the country. So that is what they did. Let's head back there. Let's head back to the weeks following that split announcement in July 2015. All right, Zara, so it is late July 2015. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner had only just announced their split four weeks earlier and suddenly the headlines about that infamous split didn't just include their names anymore. Suddenly the tabloid media was writing a lot, and we mean a lot, a lot, about a woman by the name of Christine Uzunian. Yeah, Christine Uzunian was the nanny of the couple's three children, and people started speculating about the role she played in the demise of the marriage. So who the hell is Christine Uzunian? So glad you asked. So glad you asked. Let's talk about that. According to tabloid reports at the time, Christine originally worked in real estate, fell back on nannying though when business was slow and was hired by a high-end Beverly Hills nanny agency. I guess I've always kind of wondered how people just end up nannying for the most famous people in the world. Turns out I'm not part of a high-end nanny agency. (laughs) You're not. Christine was though and she had worked for the likes of Neil Patrick Harris. So she'd already rubbed shoulders with some very famous families. Now, around March in 2015, she was hired to take care of Ben Affleck and Jen Garner's three kids, Violet, Serafina and Samuel. Yeah, when she was hired by the family, Christine had reportedly been engaged to her longtime boyfriend, Christoph Aubrey, who's a fisherman. A fisherman! <laughs> so, Christine is a nanny, Mish. What exactly were the allegations levelled at her and Ben? Yeah, so on July 29, 2015, the tabloids lost their tiny minds. Here's what People magazine reported. Jen Garner is livid about Ben Affleck's alleged fling with Nanny. Affleck denies affair. The stand first underneath that headline read, Nanny Christine Uzunian told friends she was intimate with Ben Affleck starting this spring, but he denies any romantic relationship. So the piece spoke to Christine's friend who claimed that Jen Garner discovered Ben and Christine's affair on that trip to the Bahamas that we just spoke about. Now, after telling People magazine that Jen Garner was livid, the unnamed friend added, and I don't blame her because if my children bonded with you and you did this, it's just the biggest betrayal. How interesting that someone in Christine Azunian's camp is speaking out against her, like very much taking the team gen approach from like the earliest of reports. Yeah, well, it feels like perhaps it's not out of the question that the friend has leaked this story. Yeah. And then... They have an axe to grind. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Now, what originally raised some eyebrows about this People magazine article is that they had images of Ben and the nanny together on July 17. Now that was 12 days before the article came out. At first glance, we thought when we were digging into this story that the paps had been following them for weeks, knew that something was awry and were waiting to drop the bomb, but it didn't really make much sense to us why they would wait two weeks to drop this story. It actually turns out that the images of Ben and Christine published in this People magazine article were cropped. So the kids were actually in the photos as well, which makes sense. Like it's not random in any way, shape or form for Ben, the nanny and the kids to be hanging out. So in order to tell this story, they didn't have any photos of them, the two of them doing anything intimate. So they just cropped the kids out of the photos that they had. Yeah. And these images looked really damning, right? Like in the images, you would think, oh, wow, they're so close. They're going grocery shopping together and like hanging out in the same car together. What you don't see 
are the three young children <laughs> just toddling out along of frame. in the background. Exactly. So there is nothing to see there. We originally thought there was. There is nothing to see there with those particular images. Curiously, in Entertainment Tonight's coverage of this scandal, they said that Christine Uzunian's fiance had actually dumped her over something that happened on that infamous Bahamas trip. So reportedly, Christine was supposed to meet up with Christoph while she was there, but a source told Entertainment Tonight, and I quote, something happened in the Bahamas, he said he didn't want to see her at all. Yeah, and then there was also Us Weekly who reported on this on July 29 as well. Under a pretty straight headline, Ben Affleck has been dating nanny Christine Zunian. An unnamed source close to Christine told Us Weekly she says Ben really, really likes her. She is saying this is true love. So it's kind of like all the tabloids have gone on the same day, Mm -hmm. July 29, just a month or so after Ben and Jen had announced their divorce. Yeah. And about a week after that scandal broke, on August 4, page 6 published paparazzi photos of Christine with Ben outside his new LA home. Given these headlines were coming out and given the only photos the media had were like cropped photos of Christine and Ben with his children, they would have all been clambering to get a pic of the two of them alone. And that's exactly what page six got their hands on. In page six's pap photos, Christine was seen handing Ben a bottle of champagne. It was late at night, quite moody lighting. In one image, Christine even turns to face the direction of the photographer. Yeah. And these photos were pretty big. It felt a little bit like the nail in the coffin of the story, right? Mm. Because up until now, it felt a bit like hearsay, unnamed sources. But It was the first time that the press had proof that Ben and Christine were hanging out without the kids around. Mm. Also, it's late and she's handing him a bottle of champagne. Like, it's not quite the employer-employee relationship that perhaps we all strive to cultivate. Yeah, it was the time, I think, in particular. Like, it being late at night and alcohol being involved, I think is far more damning than if she was handing him like a coffee at midday. Yeah, I totally agree with that. The next day, People magazine got the jump on what was potentially another suspect development in the story. Mm. And that was the fact that Ben Affleck was reportedly bankrolling Christine's stay at a five-star hotel while she kind of hid away from the prying eyes of the paps. Yeah, the story was that Christine needed to leave her home because the press knew where she lived and they were camping out essentially on her doorstep. So she needed to go to a hotel for some respite, for some relief, and also for a little bit of safety, I imagine, as well, a bit of privacy. That bill, according to people at the hotel, was in excess of $12,000. Yeah. Now, Ben's reps also, we should put on the record, deny that he was paying for that. On top of all of this as well, we should note, in the same week that all of this was going on, Christine posted a photo on her Instagram account of her brand new white convertible Lexus. She captioned the photo, keep calm and meet my new drop top Lexi. (laughs) Now, Ben's reps had to come out and deny rumours that the car was a gift from Ben. It's an interesting decision, I think, because even though this was a private Instagram account, people are going to leak anything. Mm. Like anyone on that account is going to leak to the press. If that was you, surely you keep quiet rather than uploading stuff that's like quite glitzy. Yeah. I mean, if I was embroiled in a scandal like this, my instinct would be to go to ground. But I think this is what made the icon, if you like, of Christina Zunian so befuddling and so interesting. She didn't go to ground. If anything, she wanted to make herself more and more public with every passing day. Now, 
People Magazine spoke to an unnamed source close to Christine around this time who said, Christine is enjoying her hotel stay. She acts like she is on vacation. She has been spotted by the pool several times, the spa and Wolfgang Puck's restaurant. She seems relaxed and happy. She's hanging out with girlfriends, reading magazines and is on her phone a lot. She and Ben are in touch every day, all day long. He got them phones just for each other. What the hell? Like, I'm really, really curious, Zara, for your thoughts on this. What is going on like what is that quote I always got the sense and I don't know if this is fair or correct that either she was leaking to the press about this or someone very close to her was do you think the same apart from that initial friend who was a bit harsh yeah I think these quotes are just strange like I think what's befuddling as you said about this story is the quotes are weird like she's just chilling out in a hotel she's just like lying by the pool she's having the time of her life it's strange she's going to this particular fancy restaurant like the specificity of it all true screams to me that maybe either someone in her midst was leaking to the media and she didn't want that to happen or she did want the media to know that she was actually kind of really enjoying this calamitous situation she'd found herself in. Yeah. Now, less than a week after those now famous champagne photos were published, Page Six published another juicy lead. The headline read, ex-Affleck nanny took private jet to Vegas with Ben and Tom Brady. Now, you might remember that Bahamas trip that the family took to announce the divorce. Well, Ben left that vacation on a private jet with, yes, you guessed it, the nanny Christine, (sighs) Meanwhile, Jen Garner reportedly flew home with the kids. Yeah, Page Six found a photo again on Christine's private Instagram account that showed her sitting on what looked to be a private jet wearing all of Tom Brady's Super Bowl rings. Again, it begs the question, why post something (laughs) like that? Like the, the decisions made by Ben Affleck and Christine Azunian around this time really confuse me. Yeah, I think if we're talking about stuff that's going to create conversation and attention, it's definitely posting things like this. Now, Page Six reported that it was only when Ben and Christine got back from that trip that Jen actually fired Christine, having got word of what was happening. Mm. Ben's reps, we should say, denied these two stories, saying that it was, and I quote, complete garbage and full of lies. A close source to Ben also told Us Weekly that the trip was strictly business, saying that, and I also quote, there were other people on the flight all headed to Ben's charity event in Las Vegas. It was pre-planned. They added that Christine was at the event with the rest of Ben's staff the whole time. Interesting defence because I would argue that as a nanny to Ben Affleck's children, your role is to take care of the children and the children were on another plane with their mother, Jen Garner. <laughs> what is your role to be at Ben Affleck's charity event In Las Vegas. Yes, babysitting Ben, it seems. (laughs) So were the rumours true? Did Ben and Christine have an affair while she was his children's nanny? This story, I think, differs slightly from the Jude Law story because we had an admission from Mm. Jude Law the day that it happened. We never got that with Ben. So it's a more complicated story to tell. I think from our point of view... All signs do point to the fact that, yes, something was going on between Ben and Christine before he and Jen announced their divorce. But as to when exactly the relationship between Ben and Christine started and when Ben and Jen finished is kind of unclear. Yeah, it is unclear. People magazine reported that Ben and Christine began their affair not long after she was hired. I mean, if we remember back to that original report from People 
the friend close to Christine said it all started in spring. She was hired in March. So that doesn't give the American spring a whole lot of leeway. Like, yeah, a lot of time to get springy before exactly, they have their affair. Exactly. So that was the original report that it began in spring. We also had an anonymous friend tell people it's been going on for a long time, adding that this particular person had seen pictures of Christine sitting on Affleck's lap and the two of them kissing. So that was the story from Christine. Christine Azunian's camp for sure, that they were certainly having an affair almost from the moment that she was hired, but they were also madly in love. Yeah, which also seems to be a common thread among these sort of nanny stories. But if you ask Ben Affleck or Jen Garner's team, you actually got an entirely different story, right? Because no matter how acrimonious Jen and Ben's split may have been behind the scenes, in 2015, We got a pretty calm and pretty meticulous narrative from them. They said basically there was nothing to see here beyond a divorce announcement and there was certainly no affair. Mm, Why was that? Because apparently if you listen to Ben Affleck and Jen Garner, they had been going through a secret 10-month separation behind closed doors. And it's really interesting because when you read back through the archives, when you read all of these media publications and the stories that they ran with at the time, almost everyone parrots that party line of they were secretly separated they've been separated for 10 months everything is pretty above board here only one of our favorite columnists and celebrity journalists Elaine Louie from Laney Gossip had plenty of questions to ask about this and we're so glad she asked them Laney actually found paparazzi photos that showed Ben Affleck and Jen Garner kissing in October 2014 walking with their arms around each other in December 2014 and then later looking lovingly at each other before a Senate Appropriations Subcommittee in March 2015. So the party line from Ben and Jen was, we've been separated for 10 months. This has been going on. No one's known about it. Yet we have so many images of them in the public eye being adoring towards each other in that 10-month period. Yeah, and so I guess the the questions that arise are, well, were they putting it on for the cameras or have they strategically backdated a split? Laney eventually surmised that when tabloids like People magazine quoted sources who claimed that Ben wasn't committed to the marriage towards the end, it was, and I quote, soft speak for cheating. It's a really interesting story because I want to know from you Mm. what you actually think happened. Like, do you think this was cheating or a really quick rebound? I think Ben Affleck and Jen Garner were on the rocks. I think there were other issues in their marriage based on all of our research, but I do think that there was perhaps overlapping timelines here with Christine Azunian. Maybe it was hazy, maybe it was a bit foggy and that's why Ben and Jen were so specific to give everyone a very concrete date. I'm not sure that it was that concrete behind the scenes. Maybe there was a bit of fuzziness. I think we might be on the same page there. I think maybe what happened is that they were on one of those quote-unquote breaks where they were like maybe trialling a different type of relationship, having heaps of issues, but they hadn't kind of cooled time on it properly that they maybe they were in the process of doing that but they hadn't yet and then the nanny stuff reared its head maybe that's kind of what my gut tells me anyway we still have heaps more to cover though (laughs) not just our gut feelings about this story but how it all continued to unfold over the months to come but first a word from today's sponsor All right, Zara. So 
I mean, it's probably pretty unsurprising to the listeners that the media was fairly brutal towards Christine Azunian around the time of these potential affair headlines breaking. Plenty of publications actually accused her of being a little fame hungry, perhaps? Hugely. I think that's exactly what they were trying to infer. For example, at one point, page six ran a story with the headline, ex-nanny at centre of Affleck Garner divorce is loving the fame. Yeah. Like, that's about as, you know, straight up as it's going to get. As blunt as you can get. They also included this line in their article, she's already made sure to soak up the spotlight. Yeah. Exactly. So the New York Post also reported around this time that Christine was shopping around for reality TV deals, hoping to secure a role on shows like The Bachelorette or Dancing with the Stars. That obviously never eventuated, but part of me does wonder if the tabloids were so confident in being so harsh because maybe they knew she was the one speaking to the press. Like how can they be so confident about her being so fame hungry without knowing in some way, shape or form that she's been the one trying to feed them stories? They would have probably the most intel about that, right? Yeah, I agree with that. I think while we don't know for sure if Christine was the one selling stuff to the press, the way the press wrote about her was so targeted that maybe it tells a story in and of itself. For example, Entertainment Tonight reported that Christine had tipped off the paparazzi about that infamous champagne photo. They said she's the one who orchestrated this. This was kind of her mastermind plot. And I don't know why ET would report that if it was founded on absolutely nothing. Well, yeah, I agree with that. Also, we do know, what we do know about that Champagne Gate story is that that was the last time that Christine and Ben were ever photographed together. So there is a chance that things did sour between them after those photos hit the media. Could they have soured because he got word or wind that she had sold that or set that up. Well, Ben Affleck would know how this industry works. He would know how the paparazzi economy functions. He would know the value of a photo like that to tabloids. I imagine when that image came out, not only would he have been kicking himself to put himself in that situation, absolutely berating himself for putting Jen Garner and his children in that situation, he would have been asking, how does something like this happen? And I mean, there are multiple ways. Again, we don't know if Christine set that up. It is a potential that she absolutely did. Yeah, exactly. I think what was also interesting to see was I feel like Christine was villainised to such a degree by the tabloids that it kind of gave rise to this random but kind of beautiful groundswell of support from publications like (laughs) GQ and The Cut who ended up writing impassioned defences of her, arguing that she had become some kind of global anti-hero. Like culture analysts started to kind of love her. Yeah, like there was a headline from GQ that read, Who boy, do we feel bad? for Ben Affleck's fired, dumped nanny. The cut also wrote a pretty iconic piece titled A Celebration of Ben Affleck's Nanny. In it, they said, why fight the momentum? Christine could be hiding in her mother's basement, weeping herself to sleep, or she could be partying at the Hotel Bel Air and securing her financial future, remember that she just lost a job, by offering exclusive photo ops or aligning herself with tabloid players or whatever mysterious thing she did to earn the money for that Lexus. Like, I just kind of love that Christine emerged as an anti-hero that yes maybe courted the spotlight maybe courted the attention but also we kind of like patted her on the back for it a little bit as well well it feels very much 
how maybe if this story happened in 2022, how it would unfold again, that you'd have sort of the tabloids going a bit hard and people kind of eye rolling and then other people pushing back on that. You know what? It's a bit like the Julia Fox thing. Some people this year have really eye rolled at Julia Fox kind of blatantly chasing fame. Other people, again, like the cut, have really lent into it to say, let's kind of talk about her and let's talk about her in a way that's really positive. So Ben and Christine fizzled quite quickly. Whatever they were, Mish, it was over within a few months of Ben and Jen's divorce announcement. Mm, yeah, Christina Zunian really largely disappeared from public view by the end of 2015. So she went out with a bang, but then she just kind of disappeared completely. Entertainment Tonight reported at the end of that year that she was seen getting cosy with her ex-fiance as well, old mate Fisherman over there. Christoph, I think you'll find <laughs> Christoph his name. Christoph the Fisherman. He's, yes. <laughs> and meanwhile, Ben actually was started to be spotted with Jen Garner again in public. They were spotted shopping for groceries and going out for sushi together. And then by the end of 2015, photos of Ben Affleck's back began trending on social <laughs> media because the once heartthrob was now sporting what looked to be a giant neck to butt back tat (laughs) of a giant colourful phoenix. Yeah, and I remember the first time these photos came out and, like, I've never seen public opinion be so unanimous that this is the ugliest tattoo of all time. Do you remember this? Yeah, hugely, because everyone was just confused because it's like who (laughs) in their right mind would get this random big tat on their back? And it's not like he was someone that was known to be tatted up. Like this, as far as I was concerned anyway, (laughs) perhaps one of his first tattoos. GQ had a lot to say about it. They wrote this. Of course, our first only question here is why. If it's for the movie, then props to the makeup team and let's all move on. But if this is some IRL ink, it's certainly not subtle as a nod to his new post-marriage life. We get it. Breakups can lead to questionable choices. See Joe Jonas's blue hair, but this is really permanent and really big. I think that's as simple as it needs to be. This is really permanent and really big. Yeah, and really screams of a bit of a midlife crisis. We don't know if that's what Ben Affleck was going through behind the scenes, but this really did feel like the tattoo version of getting a yellow Ferrari. Or like shaving hair off or doing something really dramatic. Although though that's less permanent actually. Yeah. N- neither of these decisions are as permanent as a back tattoo. Not at all. What's confusing about back tattoo gate as well is that a few months later, Ben responded to the furore about his tattoo and said it was fake for a movie. So then kind of commentary about the back tattoo quiet and down for a couple of years. We will circle back to the back tattoo in due course. But leaving this at the beginning of 2016, everyone thought the back tattoo was fake. Correct. So that's where we left it and everyone sort of got breathed, on with their lives. breathed a sigh of relief. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Let out a sigh of relief. <laughs> so what was Jen Garner doing as all of this was going on? For a long time after the scandal broke, Jen actually didn't say a thing. From what we can see in those articles that we've been speaking about, her reps didn't respond to requests for comments or try to deny any of the reports. She started working on her new film. It was a Christian biopic called Miracles from Heaven. And fun fact, as an aside, the movie became the eighth highest grossing Christian film in the US. So she very much lent into like wholesome Christian America while Ben was making many a headline. Very wholesome Christian America. Now in Feb of 2016, about seven months after the news of the split had broken, Jen Garner did open up about the separation and the nanny in a now iconic (laughs) iconic interview with Vanity Fair. Now, first things first, 
Jen appeared to confirm Ben's relationship with the nanny in that article but said that she didn't know about the nanny until after they had made the decision to divorce. Correct. This came up really high and early in the article. She said, let me just tell you something. We had been separated for months before I ever heard about the nanny. She had nothing to do with our decision to divorce. She was not a part of the equation. Bad judgment? Yes, it's not great for your kids to have a nanny just disappear from their lives. I've always found the wording of this quote to be incredibly interesting Mm. because I'm not entirely sure what she's saying. We had been separated for months before I heard about the nanny. Yeah, before I heard about That's the nanny. Not, not before, before the, the nanny, nanny happened. Before I heard that it had happened. Yes. So she is saying that perhaps the timelines were overlapping. And I mean, maybe people listening are asking, well, why would Jen want to be ambiguous about this? Why would Jen not want to kind of berate her husband publicly if he did cheat on her with Christina Zunian? And to that I would say, researching Jen Garner, one thing becomes very crystal clear. Her love and her protection of her children is always number one. Whatever anger she holds towards Ben Affleck or whatever resentment she has towards his actions will always be trumped by her desire to protect her children. Yeah, and she's proven that time and time again. Yes, and I would imagine that even if she'd been royally fucked over in this particular instance, even if she has been cheated on, she would not want to say that publicly because she knows how that will hurt her kids in the long run. To be fair for the sake of this conversation as well, there is a chance that that was just clunky wording too. Like in the spirit of a quick conversation that she's having over the course of a day, right, with the journalist. There is a chance that that is the case too. She also had some other really iconic quotes. And when I say really iconic, I can't work out if this interview is iconic universally or just in my heart because I mention it all the time. Just in the shameless office. I don't know what it is about this. Ever since it came out, you have been obsessed and your obsession has just trickled into me and I am now obsessed with it as well. It's just one of my favourite celebrity profiles of all time. Between that one and the first interview that Jennifer Aniston did after her divorce with Vanity Fair, again, just incredibly candid conversations. She also said the following, it was a real marriage. It wasn't for the cameras and it was a huge priority for me to stay in it and that did not work I think her most famous quote though was this one she said I didn't marry the big fat movie star I married him and I would go back and remake that decision I ran down the beach to him and I would again you cannot have these three babies and so much of what we had and not feel that way he is the love of my life what am I going to do about that he's the most brilliant person in any room the most charismatic the most generous he's just a complicated guy I always say when his sun shines on you you feel it but when the sun is shining elsewhere, it's cold. He can cast quite a shadow. I can almost feel the tears running down your face. You love that quote forever. I honestly <laughs> feel like I'll just recite it on my deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll word for word. I'll be like, any parting words, Sarah, from a life well lived. And you'll be like, when his sun shines on you, you can feel like. He can cast quite a shadow. <laughs> it reads like poetry to me. This piece also interviewed former colleagues of Jen, like Steve Carell. Unsurprisingly, his quote about Jen was glowing. Steve Carell said, she's even better in person than you would have imagined. Everyone knows that she is incredibly talented and she's a very kind and warm person. But beyond that, she's bitingly funny. She can definitely have a caustic sense of humour and sophisticated sense of humour. She's not all puppy dogs and ice cream. There's some real depth and weight to her. Yeah, and of course, the piece had to reference that now iconic back tattoo of Ben's. Journalist Krista Smith wrote this about Ben's tattoo. 
One thing is for sure, Jen refuses to claim responsibility for the midlife crisis tattoo, the rising phoenix that takes up her estranged husband's entire back as seen in photographs. You know what we say in my hometown about that? Bless his heart. A phoenix rising from the ashes. Am I the ashes in this scenario? Ghana says with a wink. I take umbrage. I refuse to be the ashes. I feel like fist pumping every time I read this. Like I refuse to be the ashes and winking at the journalist. Why don't I ever say I take umbrage? I take umbrage. I've never said that in my life and it's a beautiful turn of phrase. I just, let's just make this whole show a Jennifer Garner cult. I love her. I adore her. We are a Jen Garner cult. So Jen is glowing at this point in her life. She is thriving. Everyone adores her even more than they did before the whole mess with the nanny even got started. But things were not going so great for Ben Affleck. It was around this time, the time of the Vanity Fair piece, that Ben became a viral meme, now known as Sad Affleck. So if you don't remember this, the viral moment all began when Ben was doing press for his new film, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. In an interview with one journo, Ben and his co-star Henry Cavill were asked for their responses to the film's negative reviews. And Ben basically became so despondent and looked so downtrodden that it was almost like he was no longer present in that interview at all. It was like Henry Cavill was animatedly responding to the interviewer. Ben looked like his spirit and his soul had left his body. It's a really interesting video to go back and watch because you're right. Henry Cavill sort of is animated when he's talking about the criticism, but Ben Affleck looks like he's staring at the ground. And you know when you're looking at someone's face and they're not there, like they're staring so intently that their mind is completely elsewhere, like they've tuned out to the conversation at hand. And because I guess this was in response to criticism about the film, everybody was like Ben Affleck's very down on himself, he's very down on his work, and now he is quote-unquote sad Affleck. Now, As for Ben and Jen's divorce around this time, throughout 2016, they were spotted multiple times attending church together with their kids or even leaving a therapist's office in LA. In March 2017, an unnamed source even told People magazine that Ben and Jen had called off filing for divorce but weren't actually officially back together. They said the exes really wanted to work on things and were giving it another try. Yeah, that same month, so March 2017, Ben Affleck revealed an Facebook post that he had completed treatment for alcohol addiction and thanked Jen for her support. Now, importantly, this wasn't the first time that Ben had gone to rehab to deal with addiction issues. As we mentioned in episode one, he attended a 30-day residential rehabilitation program for alcohol abuse back in 2001. So 16 years prior, his Facebook post read like this. I have completed treatment for alcohol addiction, something I've dealt with in the past and will continue to confront. I want to live life to the fullest and be the best father I can be. I want my kids to know there's no shame in getting help when you need it and to be a source of strength to anyone out there who needs help but is afraid to take the first step. I'm lucky to have the love of my family and friends, including my co-parent, Jen, who has supported me and cared for our kids as I've done the work I set out to do. This was the first of many steps being taken towards a positive recovery. Yeah, so despite reports suggesting otherwise, in April 2017, almost two years after their separation, Jen did file for divorce. Now, timing-wise, 
it did sort of appear like she waited until he was out of rehab to mm. start divorce proceedings and her petition for divorce was actually filed with his response to it, meaning that the move was coordinated between the pair, which is yeah. not something we see all the time with celebrity couples. Yeah, certainly not with like a Kim and Kanye, for example, to contextualise it. This did show that things were pretty amicable or as amicable as it could be. TMZ reported that the couple was seeking joint legal and physical custody of their three children. That October, though, Ben Affleck's career and his personal life was hit with another spanner and it was a spanner of his own creation because he became embroiled in a Me Too scandal. Footage of him groping the breast of actress Hilary Burton 14 years earlier began trending online. Yeah, Hilary Burton tweeted about the incident saying, I was a kid, I had to laugh back then so I wouldn't cry. The other person that came forward about Ben Affleck is none other than Anna Marie Tendler, yes. who we've spoken at length about on this show because she is, of course, the ex-wife of John Mulaney. She entered the fold tweeting, he cupped my butt and pressed his finger into my crack. Like most women in these situations, I didn't say anything, but I have thought a lot about what I'd say if I ever saw him again. Yeah, Ben Affleck never responded to Anna Marie Tendler's claims, but he did respond to Hillary Burden's. He tweeted out, I acted inappropriately towards Miss Burden and I sincerely apologise. He then went on the Colbert report and said this, this is just the kind of thing that we have to, as men, as we become more aware of it, be really, really mindful of our behaviour and hold ourselves accountable. Later that year in November, Jen Garner spoke to news.com.au of all the news (laughs) publications about this incident. She said that the events of the last two years had really taken a toll on her. She said, I would not have chosen this life for myself or my kids. I would not choose to be single or be in this position. It's something that we are working through. I haven't been on a date and I'm not interested in dating. People want to set me up and I'm just like, no, thank you. Yeah, let's fast forward to 2018 because that March, new photos emerged of now 45-year-old Ben's huge back tattoo again, which he had previously told the world was fake. Now, the photos showed Ben on a beach in Hawaii with the tattoo very much still intact, proving that it was in fact permanent. I think generally there was a huge amount of like, wait, what sentiment Mm. around this story. I think so many people like wait why did you lie about something so silly and something that was also always going to come out yes like lies like that don't make any sense to me because I'm like you can't run from this forever at some point someone's going to spot this tattoo and say hang on a second it's real unless he was planning on getting it lasered but then forgot about it and didn't get it lasered like was that the plan that he was going okay the backlash to this is really intense I'm just gonna get it quietly removed which would have been so fucking painful it's that big well that's the thing too painful surely yeah I don't know the photos of Ben on that beach in Hawaii inspired Naomi Fry from the New Yorker to write a piece titled the great sadness of Ben Affleck. Now, this piece went viral again. That idea of sad Affleck, the idea of Ben Affleck going through a midlife crisis, of being depressed, became pop culture folklore. Yeah, it really, really did. That article recounted all of Ben's sort of real and rumoured failings and remarked at how over the years his sadness had become all-consuming and, as you Mm. say, something that was kind of public fodder. 
Naomi Fry wrote in that piece, since the split, Affleck has been photographed more than once by the paparazzi looking despondent. The resulting pictures have become reliable meme fodder. A series of images of Affleck vaping in his car, his eyes shut in seeming resignation, made the rounds. So did another picture of the actor smoking a cigarette, his face a mask of exhaustion. Affleck's was the kind of middle-aged white male sadness that the internet loves to mock, a mocking that depends simultaneously on a complete rejection of this sadness as well as a hedging identification with it. Yeah, and that's really clever and really insightful. And the article at the time was lauded for its analysis. But looking back, reading it back in 2022, it's also a little bit problematic. Take this sentence, for example. His gut is pooching outwards in a way that, in a more enlightened country, like, say, France, would perhaps be considered virile, but in a fitness fascist America, tends to read as Homer Simpson-esque. Like, I'm not sure... If these days, what, five years on, we would read an entire article about one famous man's apparent depression and his apparent weight gain. It feels so loaded and so personal. I'm not sure people would respond to this piece the same way now. Yeah, and I think looking back at this coverage, I do feel uncomfortable at like the memification of his mental state with hindsight. Like it does feel pretty rough and pretty sad and Affleck isn't perfect by any stretch. I mean, we've detailed some pretty troubling things that Mm. he has allegedly done over time, but this just feels intrusive, like, and not entirely fair. I can't imagine dealing with maybe the kinds of demons that he was dealing with and then have people make you a joke, yeah. a public joke. Yeah. It's a bit weird. I agree with that. So that was March 2018. What perhaps made that piece feel more troubling with hindsight is just three months later, Ben Affleck was photographed taking a box of beer and liquor from a delivery man. Those photos were obviously explosive. I mean, maybe it doesn't even need to be said, but for a man who had been to rehab twice in the last 20 years who had told the public he was an alcoholic to be photographed looking a little disheveled getting alcohol was troubling yeah and it's made me wonder looking at these photos as well like the first question I genuinely have is were these staged Mm. or set up not by Ben of course but is somebody tipping the paps off about this Mm. maybe someone in the delivery chain or someone that knows him because they look very close like the photos look like they're taken very close now A few days later, TMZ reported that Jen had actually staged an intervention to help Ben Affleck deal with his addiction issues. She reportedly went to his home to sit down and beg him to get help. Ben agreed and they drove off from his house in the early evening. Yeah, they were photographed on that drive. They went through the drive-thru of a fast food restaurant chain. Now, you guys might remember these images as well. In one of them, Jen Garner is seen in the front seat. There's like a almost like maybe a publicist or a PR person, a woman in the seat next to her. And then in the back seat, you can see that Ben Affleck's not in a good way at all. And Jen's handing him a burger like she's reaching into the back seat to hand him something to eat. And that photo, I mean, it's equal parts powerful and equal parts troubling again because how were these photos taken? How did people know where he was? How did paparazzi get his location at such a sensitive, important time in his life? And yet also it's quite remarkable to see the strength and the compassion of Jen Garner, a woman who continued to stay by his side no matter what. Yeah, I think the photos certainly feel invasive to go back and look on like – it's a hard image to stomach because it's like this is somebody at their most vulnerable being followed and taken photos of. But I agree with what you just said. 
In October, Ben actually took to Instagram to confirm that he had struggled again with addiction and thanked those that had been with him throughout his journey. In a now-deleted post, he wrote, battling any addiction is a lifelong and difficult struggle. Because of that, one is never really in or out of treatment. It's a full-time commitment. I am fighting for myself and my family. This all brings us to the start of 2020. Jen Garner, who was at this point 47, had appeared to move on from Ben Affleck. Us Weekly had broken the news that she had actually started dating actor John Miller. Ben, on the other hand, seemed to still be reeling from the split. At the start of that year, he was also 47. He did an extremely candid interview with the New York Times in which he reflected on the downfall of his marriage and his struggle with addiction. The article came with such an interesting warning at the top, Zara. It read... Warning, this is not one of those celebrity profiles that uses a teaspoon of new information to flavour a barrel of ancient history. This is Ben Affleck, raw and vulnerable, talking extensively for the first time about getting sober again and trying to recalibrate his career again. Yeah, Ben talked about his struggle with addiction in this interview. He said, people with compulsive behaviour, and I am one, have this kind of basic discomfort all the time that they're trying to make go away. You're trying to make yourself feel better with eating or drinking or sex or gambling or shopping or whatever, but that ends up making your life worse. Then you do more of it to make that discomfort go away. Then the real pain starts. It becomes a vicious cycle you cannot break. That's at least what happened to me. He also went on and said, I drank relatively normally for a long time. What happened was that I started drinking more and more when my marriage was falling apart. This was 2015, 2016. My drinking, of course, created more marital problems. He also talked about the struggle of dealing with addiction and relapse in the public eye. He said, relapse is embarrassing, obviously. I wish it didn't happen. I really wish it wasn't on the internet for my kids to see. Jen and I did our best to address it and be honest. God, that would suck knowing that your kids are going to see those photos of you one day. Yeah, exactly. It would be really, really difficult. He also spoke pretty candidly about how addiction runs in his family. I mean, his father was an alcoholic, as we said in episode one, but also his paternal grandmother died by suicide when she was 46. Another uncle died by suicide. One of his aunts was a heroin addict and his younger brother, Casey Affleck, was an alcoholic also. Yeah, he said, it took me a long time to fundamentally, deeply, without a hint of a doubt, admit to myself that I am an alcoholic. The next drink will not be be different. He also addressed that back tattoo. He acknowledged that it was real, yes, and explained why he had lied about it when tabloids first spotted (laughs) it. He said, I resented that somebody got a picture of it by spying on me. It felt invasive. I guess I got a kick out of messing with the media. Yeah. And then, of course, there was the stuff on Jen Garner. On the breakdown of his marriage, Ben Affleck said, the biggest regret of my life is this divorce. Shame is really toxic. There is no positive byproduct of shame. It's just in a toxic, hideous feeling of low self-worth and self-loathing. It's not particularly healthy for me to obsess over the failures, the relapses and beat myself up. I have certainly made mistakes. I have certainly done things I regret, but you've got to pick yourself up, learn from it, learn some more and try move forward. And so Ben really starts to move on with his life. He famously dated 32-year-old actress Anna de Armas in 2020. But in January 2021, after some reports that perhaps it was a little bit of a (laughs) PR relationship. Perhaps. People magazine reported that they were splitting. By April 2021, of course, rumours started swirling that Ben had gotten back together with his ex-fiancee, J-Lo. And by July, 
J-Lo had made it official by posting a photo of them kissing on her Instagram account. Benefer 1.0 was now Benefer 3.0 <laughs> and you guys kind of know how the rest of that story has unfolded. Yeah. And then at the end of last year, just when we thought Ben Affleck was kind of on a better path, he was going to close the chapter of the Jen Garner marriage and move on to brighter, healthier days. He did an interview that absolutely landed him in some shit. Last year, he spoke to Howard Stern about his career, his divorce, everything that had gone down in his life and made headlines because of the way he spoke about Jen Garner and the reasons for their split. He said, Jen is somebody I love and respect, but to whom I shouldn't be married any longer. Adding, we divorced amicably. We did our best. Did we have moments of tension? Did we have disagreements over custody? Was stuff difficult for us? Did we get angry? Yes. But fundamentally, it was always underpinned with respect. I knew she was a good mum. I always hoped she knew I was a good dad. I knew I was. Yeah, the interview copped the most backlash, I guess. Or people accused Ben, I should say, of appearing to blame their marriage for he's drinking this is some of what he said i was trapped you know i was like i can't leave because of my kids but i'm not happy what do i do and what i did was like you know drink a bottle of scotch i fall asleep on the couch which turned out not to be the solution so the comments led fans mish to drag ben online some even started using the hashtag team ghana and the fallout was so bad that it actually led ben affleck to address the comments a few days later when he appeared on jimmy kimmel live now ben told jimmy kimmel in that interview that when he left the podcast interview with howard stern he was really happy with how it all went he said he was pretty devastated with that in mind that people took snippets out of context of an interview that was well over an hour long he did say i would never want my kids to think i would ever say a bad word about their mum i've got a snippet here of that conversation too so you can get across just how sad he was about this conversation uh, the irony is i was really happy with it you know i ended the interview it was a great interview thrilled. i thought wow i I should do more honest, exploratory, you know, self-evaluating things. And I started seeing all this stuff come up on Twitter, and I was like, well, what is this? And I sort of researched through it and then saw that one of these websites had done the, the clickbait thing of like, you won't believe what he said, click on this, come to our site. Right. And I looked at it, and they had literally taken the conversation that I had had for two hours and made it seem as if I was saying the exact opposite of what I said. I had gone on and said, like, how much we respect each other and cared about each other and cared about our kids and put them first and went through our stuff. And he said that I had blamed my ex-wife for my alcoholism and that I was trapped in this marriage. Like, just made me out to be like the worst, most insensitive, stupid, awful guy. That's not true. I don't believe that. It's the exact opposite of who I am, what I believe, and I would never want my kids to think I would ever say a bad word about their mom. Yeah, look, really interesting to watch and listen back to that clip. And I think I can see from both sides, I can see how people were upset on Jen Garner's behalf, how they took his words, and he did say those words, they took offence and they were upset by those words. But then on the other side of the coin, I can see that Ben Affleck didn't mean it that way. It was a really long interview that was cut up into a tiny soundbite and it didn't reflect a lot of the other things he said. I agree with that. I think it was clunky wording for sure. And I believe him when he says he didn't mean it to sound like that. Like I do believe him with mm. hindsight. But I think when you are talking about something so deeply sensitive, mm. it is your responsibility 
to speak with as much thoughtfulness as you possibly can. And I don't think that happened. But regardless, this kind of brings us to where Ben and Jen are today, almost seven years after the nanny scandal first broke. By all accounts, Jen Garner and John Miller, her partner, are still going strong. Yeah, still together. Ben Affleck and J-Lo are the same. Most recently, Ben gave J-Lo a personalised music video featuring snippets of their relationship set to her new song, On My Way. I mean, he has a habit of kind of bringing out J-Lo's classics or like her smash hits for his anniversary gifts. Or or his big life moments. Yeah, 100%. So things are kind of for Ben where they were in the very, very early early noughties. Yeah, it's so weird doing this episode that we sort of finish basically where we started. They're back together. Who would have thought that this was going to happen? But as I said, I think for me, Ben Affleck seems like one of the more complicated people we've covered on this show because he's done some allegedly pretty dodgy things towards women, but he's also had a really complicated history with his mental health and with his drinking and with that cyclical nature of mental health and family. So there's a lot going on with him and he's hoping that maybe he and J-Lo just sail off into the sunset together. Yeah, I hope so. And I hope that he and Jen have maybe smoothed over any of the roughness that came at the end of 2021. I mean, Jen Garner deserves the world and I will say that forever. So as long as Jen Garner's happy, I'm happy. Yeah, (laughs) guys, that is all we've got time for today. As always, we are on Instagram at Shameless Podcast. As always, we will have some photos up from this time there Mm. for you to scroll through and to kind of rem and miss about. We will also be on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. We will. Thanks again to our researcher, Justine Landers. Other than that, guys, make sure you tune in to this Thursday's episode of Shameless. We do a wrap of the week that was in pop culture. Otherwise, we'll be back in your ears with another Scandal series on Monday. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Bye. Bye.